Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. If you got your Bibles, go with me to two pieces of Scripture. I'm going to continue today our series on alignment and where we're talking about uh, bringing our mind in alignment, how every part of our life should come into alignment. And one of those areas is our mind. Someone say, get my mind aligned. And when we get our mind aligned, you see, the way our life is changed is when we change our thinking. It's very clear in the scripture that when our thinking changes, our life will change. And the Bible talks about renewing this. But I want to look at these two pieces of scripture. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 out of the New Living Translation. Then we're going to jump to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. We're going to read verse 3 through 5. And I want to just uh, extract here two thoughts about how our mind can become aligned to see God move in our hearts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 here, you got your notes, you can pass them out. Uh, if you didn't get one, you walked in, lift your hand, they'll hand that to you there in Costa Mesa here, Fullerton online. You can click the link there, and they'll have the note sheet there. It points to my message was the verse to read them. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, this is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I want to draw your attention. He says, no mind has imagined. Say, mind has not imagined. So in other words, God is working on our imagination. He's building our mind. But then if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, just verse 5, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, let's just jump to verse 5 here, King James Version. Paul then writes to the same body of believers in Corinthians. He says, casting down imagination. So, so I want you to see, in one, the first letter, he's saying, you haven't even imagined. In other words, he's trying to build our imagination. But in the second epistle, he's saying, now we got to cast down certain imaginations. He says, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought, someone say every thought, into the obedience of Jesus Christ. And so in one essence, God is building our imagination. In another side, he's breaking down a certain part of imagination. Now, what is God talking about? And what I want to talk about today is this. Our imagination has two functions. It has the ability to imagine the future or the ability to reminisce and imagine the past. And God wants you to align with not your history, but your destiny. And I want to talk to you today about getting our imagination in order so we can see the things God has for us. And a message that I've entitled, Imagine That. I want to talk today about how to break mental strongholds and imagine that. Imagine what God can do when you surrender all to Him. Let's pray one more time. Father, we cannot pray enough. You said that your house should be called a house of prayer. And so, Father, we yet again uh, bow our heads, not in shame, but we bow it in reverence. That, God, you are greater. You can speak to us. And so this morning, Lord, minister to us. God, uh, just fill our hearts. We did not gather to hear the word of man. We gathered to hear the word of God. So build our faith, minimize our fears, and let us become who you called us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. All of God's people say amen. Give God one more clap because this feels good to celebrate Jesus. And just touch your neighbor and tell him, say, imagine that. Just say, imagine that. Well, that's what God's going to work on today is our imagination. I want to talk to you today about the mind battles we face, particularly, though, to our imagination of how God uses this. Because a lot of things, how many know, it just jumps sometimes in your mind. Any daydreamers in the house? You're not raising your hand because you're daydreaming right now. Come on, where's it? <laughs> where are my daydreamers at, right? 
A lot of times things just jump into our, ma- into our mind. In fact, I'll, I'll ask this question. Have you ever had anything catch you off guard? Where you're just like going through life. You're like, I'm just trying to live for Jesus. I ain't trying to kill nobody. At least not today. Just joking. Come on. I ain't trying to get, I'm just focusing on God. And and things just catch you off guard. They kind of catch you by surprise, you know. That's a lot of life. In fact, what I've realized in many ways, life is filled with that that part of life. That so many things are actually going to catch you by surprise than you are prepared for. You know, a lot of things you can prepare for, but the reality is God will just sometimes throw things on you. He'll, he'll, he'll just put them in your life. A lot of things will, will catch you by surprise. Like, for example, my fourth child caught us by surprise. <laughs> I love the kid. Of course, he's awesome. But we're like, okay, well, welcome. No more sedans. Let's go SUV life. Okay, I got six now. You know what I mean? Six of us. And so caught us by surprise, but we're prepared, you know. And a lot of things, that's kind of what happens. And when we're talking about these things called mind battles and imaginations, here's the reality. A lot of things are going to catch you by surprise. A lot of things are going to jump on you. And a lot of times you, what you're surrounded by will catch on you. And there are, it's, it can be a good thing, but in the same way it can be a bad thing. There's this principle that uh, people say, and I, I tell, I, you know, you might know this, but they say more is caught than taught. You ever heard that? More is caught than taught. And, and I know that's true because I see some things in my son. I'm like, I never taught you that, but he just caught it. You know, like I'm at a red light and he's frustrated. And I'm like, chill out, bro. It's just a red light. But then I realize that I'm at a red light and I'm frustrated. And I'm going, what's going on here? And I'm like, oh, he caught that. I wish he would catch other things. Talk to me, somebody. You're like, well, I was going to catch the bad stuff. You know what I mean? Anyway, but, but uh, he's part me. So that's, anyway, anyway. So <laughs> prayer right now for him. But, you know, more is caught than taught. And, and the same, again, going back to these imaginations, these mind battles, we've got to realize that our environments, our relationships, uh, uh, the place where we do life, a lot of these things are not so much being taught to us. We're just catching them. We, we catch them. We kind of, you know, for example, if you hang around, you know, uh, people that are full of faith, you're going to catch some of that faith. You know, that's just real talk. If you hang around people that are full of love, you're going to catch some of that love and forgiveness. And, you know, you're going to catch some of that. If you hang around business savvy people who are principles, principled people, you're going to catch some of that business principle organization because it was caught sometimes in thought. You know, if you hang around, you know, uh, people that, that are doing those, you've had. But, but the same is true in the opposite direction, where if you're hanging around people that are full of fear, you're going to catch some of that, you know. If, if you're hanging around people that are negative, woo, hallelujah, you're going you're gonna to catch some of that. If you're hanging around people that are bitter, woo, it's gonna, you're going to catch you know, in fact, let me say it like this and say it pretty strong. Don't ever capture someone else's offense and make it your own. Don't let nobody else's bitterness or offense become your own. Let me get a better amen than that. Come on, say amen. Okay. It, it catches you. It's kind of like things just kind of, and so we got to watch these things because the enemy is constantly trying to put these things, these mind battles in our life, and it'll just jump on you. So we got to have these guards in, in our life so that we can focus them. Now, why am I saying all that? I'm saying all that. Because Paul the Apostle recognizes in the verses that we just read, context here, is that these, these believers in the church of Corinth ha- are, are recent converts. They have come to know Jesus, and they're living in a very influential culture called Rome. And Rome was, was very influential, philosophical, you know, governmental, economical. A lot of the, the way we do government structure today comes from the way Rome did. All the philosophers, the Greek philosophers, it's very, very, very cerebral. And, and, and Paul was trying to teach the church that if we are going to experience the victory that Christ gave us, that victory 
it's not going to first come outwardly, that victory is going to come inwardly. When you and I were born again, we were not born again into defeat. We were born again into victory. But that victory has to begin on the inside before the outside. Tell your neighbor, it's an inside job. Say, it's an inside job, okay? On the inside. So, so Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians, stay with me now, okay? Let me teach, let me lay down a foundation, and we'll get into some of the, some of the topics I really want to hit here as we actually the Scripture. But, 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 but when, when Paul starts talking of how we're going to live this life, how we're going to, if I can use this, align ourselves with God, and how we're going to really experience the, the things that God has for us, he says in 1 Corinthians, in his first epistle to the believers, the first letter to the believers in 1 Corinthians 2.9, he says, hey, guys, no eye has seen... No ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And in this verse, he is building up the imagination of the believer. Now, everybody in this room has an imagination. Some of you, more than others. You get pretty creative in your thinking. Come on now. But everybody got an imagination. And what Paul is saying, he says, listen, if you are going to become who God has called you to become, then it's going to require getting our imagination to be in line with what God imagines. In other words, I want to become God's dream for my life. Say amen. So he's like, this imagination got to get, get right so that you can begin to imagine who God has called you to be. So you can begin to see it in your life. Now, you use your imagination every single day. Every day. Right now, some of you are imagining what it would be for your Green Bay Packers to be in the Super Bowl. Come on, there you are. But you came to church. Maybe they'll win. I don't know. We'll see. Praise God. Some of you are imagining. Use it all the time. You imagined, you know, what, what it would be, uh, what, what you're going to cook for dinner with uh, two eggs and baking soda you got. Come on, talk to me. That's how mommy used to do it. <laughs> some of you are, you use it every single day. And this imagination, watch me now, when it comes to getting your mind aligned, when it comes to winning the bang battles, this imagination was given by God to help you have victory and see beyond what's in front of you. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Say amen. And this imagination, he's like, no eye has seen, no ears heard, no heart has imagined. Yeah, shout, hallelujah. Okay, fantastic. But, but, but then Paul in his second letter, let me, let me just flip it. He says, guys, he writes another letter inspired by the Holy Spirit. And he says, but guys, listen, it's not enough just to imagine what it could be. He says, you've also got to learn to cast down the wrong imaginations. You've got to learn to recognize which imaginations are God-inspired and which imaginations are demonically inspired. Which imaginations are like, yeah, Lord, that's what I'm talking about. In other imaginations, they're like, no, no, we ain't even going to think about that. I ain't even going to think crazy like that because the last time I thought crazy like that, I ended up doing some crazy. Come on, talk to me, real people. So he says this in verse 5. Let's go back to the text and let the text minister to us in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. He says this. He says, we've got to cast down. Someone say cast down. Cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against God's knowledge, the knowledge of God, and we've got to learn to bring into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. That is a, a, like a filet mignon scripture. There's so much meat in that scripture. I mean, we'll cut it up in the next couple of weeks, just slice by slice, okay? But let me start with the first three words, cast down 
imagination. Someone say, cast down imaginations. So, so Paul builds this tension. He says, we got to have the imagination. No eye has seen or ears heard to imagine. But in the same God, we have to recognize the wrong imaginations. Feed the right imaginations, but then we got to, we got to kill the wrong imaginations. Because here's how the enemy works. We're going to break this down. When God wants to speak to you, he always gives you a thought to develop you. But whenever the enemy wants to ruin you, he always gives you a thought to destroy you. To break you down. Imagination. God wants us to imagine his thoughts. But it's a battle. Now, let's do this. I'm going to just use a word. Can you imagine? Let's just start real quick. Let's just stop right there. Can you imagine what God can do in your life this year? I want to activate this real quick. Can you imagine what God can do in your marriage? Can, can you imagine what God can do in your family if you put him first this year? Can you imagine what God can do in Orange County and to the ends of the earth if we had a, not 40% but 100% people praying and serving? Can you imagine what God can do in your child's life if you're like, God, I'm inviting you into this place? Can you imagine what God can do in your business? Can you imagine what God can do in your future? Can you imagine what he could do? And I've always said this, if I could have one gift in life, like a superpower, you know, here's my superpower. I'd say, I wish I could have a gift where I could show you one year going all out for God, what it would look like at the end of the year. And the other hand, one year, you not going all out for God. I guarantee you, you'd be like, I want the one that goes all out for God. Like, that's the one I want. You know what I mean? It's, it's, can you imagine? And God is trying to get this function to operate in our mind because if you can't imagine it, then you can't realize it in your life. And so, we, but here's the, the, the dichotomy is we have a hard time imagining those things because we always imagine, imagine the negative things. We imagine the difficulty. We imagine that. No, no, Pastor, you don't know. You have no idea. It, I'm telling you, she must be Satan's sister, Pastor. Like, she must be. <laughs> Just look straight. Don't look to the left or the right. Like, you don't recognize, Pastor. Like, you don't realize. The only thing I can imagine is I can't imagine this ever getting better. See that talk? Yeah. I can't imagine this ever changing. I can't imagine God ever healing this thing. I can't even imagine. And we tend to use our imagination to destroy us instead of develop us. And God wants to heal your imagination. In fact, I am praying that in this new year, one of the greatest gifts God can give you is to begin to heal your imagination, begin to see what God sees, to be able to visualize in your mind what God is calling you to be. Come on, put a better amen on that. Say amen. Now. Why is all this important? Is why does Paul break this down? Let me teach here, and I might, I might get a little excited. Start preaching here. But point number one: write this down. This is why it's important. As we're in 2020, getting our mind aligned. Someone say mind aligned. Because point one is this: we need to recognize that our lives move in the direction of our strongest thought. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thought. This is a, a fact of life. And I'll give you the scripture to, to support it from which this point came from. But your life moves in the direction of your strongest thought. Like, that's the direction it's going to move. It, it, is, it is your mind that the Bible says we serve God with. In, in Romans, Paul writes this. Can I, can I pass me? Okay, here, let me, let me kind of use this here. In Romans chapter 7 and verse 25, you know me and my analogies. Okay. But here's the steering wheel. In Romans chapter 7 and verse 25, put the verse up there if you can. The Bible says this because... We need to recognize this about our mind. This is also Paul writing to the church that's in Rome. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then, with the what? With the what? 
With the mind, he says, I will obey the laws of God. He says, but with the flesh, I will obey the law of sin. So Paul is saying that it is with our mind that we serve God. Someone say, I serve God through my mind. So, which means that my mind is the steering wheel of my life. Is how I manage my mind is the direction in which my life will go. Because with the mind, I follow the laws of God. Another verse, Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, King James Bible says, As a man thinks, so what is he? As he thinks in his heart, so is he. This is talking about your conscience. Okay, always let your conscience be your guy, Jiminy, Jiminy Cricket. Anyway, so, it's not my conscience. Is, is, is you got to, so my mind always determines the course of my life. And so the reason why I've got to guard my mind is because the devil's trying to infiltrate, put thoughts, put images. He's trying to mess with my mind so that that would become the strongest thought and I would go into the wrong direction. But what we're trying to do this year is we're trying to say, God, I want to get the God thoughts. I want to get the God ideas. I want to have your word. I want to have my mind aligned so I can go where you're calling me to be. Shout amen. amen. Now, there are a lot of people, their life is out of control. See? Because they don't have control for their mind. And you recognize it because they never arrive at any destination. They're just going. They're just driving. They're just lost. It just, but we got to get it back. You see, I'm going to get my mind aligned. I'm going to get my mind aligned. This is important. I'm not going to let my imaginations drive me off the edge. I'm not going to let it drive me off a cliff. I'm not going to let the devil anymore mess with my mind. I'm going to get it back in a line with God. Come on, say amen. Now, let's continue to break this down because it's so important. God wants us to get our mind aligned because, again, our life moves in the direction of our most strongest thought. Now, um, neurologists will say it that you actually create pathways in your brain by what you're always thinking about. So whatever you're always thinking about, your brain actually is making like pathways and, and, and it's like walking on grass the same and then you, 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 you know, all you guys that, that don't go around the grass and, and, and anyway, some of you, some of you know because you're lawn, you're like, stop walking on my grass. Anyway, so you don't go, so you always walk, you cut through and that's what takes place is you will actually create in your mind these wrong imaginations. So because you don't control your imaginations, you have a propensity to go in that direction. You have a propensity to always go that way. But we're going to say in 2020 that I'm no longer going to go down those negative pathways. In 2020, I'm going to get my mind aligned, and I'm not going to connect with my history. I'm going to connect with my destiny because God is calling me to greater things, and my alignment will reveal my assignment. Can I get an amen? Okay, so we, got, we recognize strong thought. Point number two, write this down. Okay, let's spend some time here. I, this is the point I've been trying to get to, but I got, you know, go, go, okay, aquí estamos. Okay, number two. We recognize the battle for your mind. So we're going to recognize that my life moves in the strongest thought. So Paul's talking about imagination. We're going to recognize that our life moves in the strongest thought. But we also got to recognize that there is a battle happening in our mind. Right now, in this room, there is a civil war happening within yourself. One side of you is fighting the other side of you. And let me tell you, everybody look at me. I'm smiling. You're not crazy. Like, oh, Pastor, am I crazy? Sometimes I'm like, no, yes, no. You know, I don't know what's going on. You know? My mind's telling me no. <laughs> but my body, okay, I better stop. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, stop, stop. BC days come back. You know what I'm saying? Lord, help me. Amen. 
Tell me, yeah. There's a whole lot wrong. Come on, get right with God. Anyway, praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, say, stay holy, stay holy, stay holy. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. He's like, you got to cast down the stuff because there's a battle going on up in here. There is a fight going on between my spirit and what my flesh wants. There is a battle between what heaven wants to accomplish through me and what my feelings want to do through me. And so Paul begins to write, like, if you don't get these imaginations in check, then you are going to always think about the wrong stuff, and you're going to wonder why it plays out, because what's in your mind will play out in your life. And so if we're going to get our mind aligned, I'm going to say, God, I'm going to think about what I'm thinking about, and I'm going to start dreaming, and I'm going to start functioning with the things that God has for me to function. Come on, somebody shout amen. So Paul writes this. Now let's break this down even further. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. Watch verse 3. So let's jump up to two verses here. It's in your notes. Paul writes this. He says, for we walk in the flesh, but we don't wage war. I'm sorry, we do not war after the flesh. So in other words, we don't fight battles in the physical. We fight them in the spiritual. But nonetheless, notice and recognize that it's a war. Verse 4. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. Someone say mighty. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Ooh, let's talk about that. Then he says, cast down imaginations. Well, there's a lot, man, I'm telling you, this scripture, man, it's a lot, a toothpick after this one. <laughs> you know, we're fasting, I'm talking about meat a lot. I know, <laughs> pastor, stop it. All right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm gonna have a tangerine after this. I don't know, all right. <laughs> strongholds. <laughs> so Paul says, there's a battle. He says, we don't wage wars of flesh. He's like strongholds, you know. And then he says imaginations, which he reveals to us that the spiritual battle is in our mind. Listen to me now. Man, I feel this so strong. That if you can get the battle won in here, then the battle would be won out here. So Paul writes, I'm going to get excited. I got to go. He says strongholds. Say strongholds. This word stronghold literally means a fortified structure. So Paul says what the enemy does is he sets up fortified structures in our mind that become strongholds. In other words, mental real estate the enemy wants to take from you. So you're always thinking about that fortified stronghold structure. I like to define it like this. What's a stronghold? Anything that has a stronghold on your life. Mentally. There's these things. Now, what creates strongholds is usually traumatic events. Traumatic events create strongholds. And the enemy capitalizes on this. Stay with me here, okay? So, for example, if you go through a difficult time, these mental strongholds the enemy will try to establish in your mind... So it stops you from seeing God. For example, if you grew up in a family where maybe your mom neglected you or your father neglected you or you were verbally abused and you didn't see the love of a father or a mother, then the enemy tries to set up a mental stronghold where now we see God that way, that God doesn't love us like a father would or like a mother would. And now we have a stronghold of separation from God. 
If you, for, for example, uh, went through a divorce and you're like, man, you know what? I loved them and they, I thought they were the one and I thought she was a queen and it'd be a drama queen. You know, and you're like, oh, sorry. You know, you're like all this stuff. And maybe, you know, there was cheating or what have you and there was abuse. And you're like, now you say every man is like that. And so now you have a mental stronghold that you don't believe that love truly exists. If you went, for example, if you were, if you were hurt by a friend, you were backstabbed, right? You're like, you said on my back, but they meant stabbing. And you're like backstabbed by four people. Now you have a mental stronghold that nobody is trustworthy and nobody is loyal. There are no real ones out there. So I'm not going to be part of connect groups. I don't care what you say, pastor. I don't care how many times you talk about it. I don't care what you say. I'm never going to let myself be vulnerable again. And now you have a mental stronghold. If you maybe grew up in a family that hated each other, now you're a hater on families that are together. Like they're fake. They don't really love each other. And now you need to have a hater stronghold that God needs to break and say, no, that's a blessed family. I'm not going to be, come on, God can restore and heal. If you have a mental, if you were hurt by a church or maybe you went to a church and maybe leadership abused you or, or something, someone did something wrong. Now the enemy wants to set up a strong. You think all churches are jacked up. Every place is tore up. And now that removes you from the body of Christ. And what I'm trying to tell you is Paul says the only way you're ever going to realize the true God imagination is you got to break down these mental strongholds that are holding you from seeing what God has for your life. Come on, shout amen. So these strongholds are a fortified fortress. Now, if we're honest, some of y'all don't got a fortified fortress. You got a whole city. <laughs> like some of y'all got skyscrapers and I mean, you know, it's like, huge. We got some work to do. Come on, say a shout amen. We got some work to do. So, so we got to break down these, so he says, you got to pull down these strongholds. So Paul says, the way you win these strongholds, I'm about to get a little preachy right now, so I'm giving you a fair warning. I get a little fired up because I know how God delivered me from mental strongholds, and I know what it can do for you with those mental strongholds. But Paul says this, he says, you got to cast down these imaginations. He says, the only way you're truly going to see the God imagination is if you can defeat the wrong imagination. In other words, if you can win it in here, you can win it out here. If you can win it in your head, then you can win it in your life. If you can defeat it in your mind, then you can defeat it in your marriage. If you can defeat it in your mind, you can defeat it in your parenting. If you can defeat it in your mind, you can defeat it in your business. If you can defeat it in your mind, you can defeat it in every area of your life. I am going to get victory in here so I can have victory out here. It don't matter what's out there. I came to win up here because God says I don't got to have no mental strongholds, but I can have an imagination. Somebody ought to give God a praise like my mental strongholds are being broken. Shout hallelujah. Touch two people and say mental strongholds going to be broken. Don't touch me. That needs to be broken. <laughs> if I can win it here. Because let me tell you what happens in life. If you haven't got here yet, live a little, you'll arrive. You're going to reach this place in your life. You're going to say, I don't know what to do. I'm, you're going to say this. You're going to go, I have no clue. You'll get there. I got it all figured out. Okay, you're awesome. You're 16. <laughs> That's messed up. All the teenagers, I don't want to listen to them no more. <laughs> live a little. You'll come to a place of your life that you're going to say, I have no clue how to figure this one out. Maybe you have options. You say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. 
I don't know how to husband my wife at this level anymore. I remember I got there in my marriage because I was always single. Woo, bachelor. I used to say bachelor the rapture. Then I got found love. Come on, somebody. Amen. <laughs> you know, someone's going to take that. Oh, that's a good one, Pastor. And I got married. When I got married, things were good first year. Second year, I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to do. Not loca, Lord. I'm just going to come. I'm like, Lord, what's going on here? Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to husband her. God started showing me I had some mental strongholds. You won't get there. But you need, I'm preparing you for an encounter with God. And when you hit that, you hit that stronghold in your mind, and you feel limited, remember that God said this. You can kill, you can cast down that stronghold. That that is not your lid. That that is not your limit. That that stronghold is the point where you say, God, I don't want this thing to have a stronghold in my life anymore. I want God to have a stronghold in my life. And I want to cast down this imagination. Come on, shout amen. I call these, you can write this down, mental mountains. Mental mountains. Mental mountains. That's what I call it, mental mountains. And, and the way you remove these mental mountains or these strongholds is by applying the scripture. First, you got to recognize them, right? And that's what I'm talking about this morning in your imagination. Weeks to come, I'll talk about how to deal with them. But right now, I need you to recognize them. And I need you to, to build your faith that it is possible to overcome those mental strongholds. Do not believe the lie of the enemy that that will always be the way you are. Don't believe that. The devil is a liar. Tell your neighbor, say, the devil's a liar. You, can't, you don't succumb to that stronghold. You got to believe, no, I am who God said I am. So we'll leave me to the final point, point number three. I'm almost done. I'll be out of your way. Go watch the playoff game, and um, God will help you win inside when your team loses and you know okay, I, mean, I didn't say which one i didn't say which one you know some of you guys be like oh lord had the victory in here don't worry about it okay anyway <laughs> point three all right just tell you, come on number three is uh write this down we need to remove the mental mountains and replace them with god's word someone say remove then say replace come on costa mesa remove and replace we need to remove them so so he says, cast down, pull them. He says, pull down or cast down these imaginations, which shows that they, there's something that was built that needs to be destroyed. That is why a lot of times in your life, God has to break you down before he builds you back up. Okay, just real talk. So be like, I gave my life to Jesus. I feel like everything's just falling apart. No, maybe it's falling into place. <laughs> okay, he breaks you down. Okay, and you don't, don't, don't. That's what the Bible says, that a, a, broken, a broken and contrite heart, God will not despise. He, he has to break down some of these things that we built that are wrong. God says, it's like some of you that are in construction, when you build a wall wrong, there's no way to fix it. You gotta break it down, then build it right. And so there's some mental strongholds. God says, we gotta remove these things. They, they, have, they don't serve you, they're not helping you, they're not bringing out the God destiny, they're not making you a better husband, a better man, a better mom, a man of God, a woman of God. We gotta break these down. Someone shout, break it down. So break them. So we have to remove them, then, We'll be able to, because the Bible says demolish strongholds, pull down these strongholds, and then we got to replace them. Let me read you this verse, and then I'll, I'll be out of your way, and, um, and you can enjoy your fasting. Praise the Lord. The Bible says this. It says here in Matthew chapter 17, verse 19 through 21, New King James Verse. The Bible says, then the disciples came to Jesus privately. Someone say privately. So they had wanted to have a conversation, and they said, why could we not cast it out? In other words, why we cannot deal with this demonic attack? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. Someone say, here to there. 
So they're removing the stronghold. It says, and it will be moved, and nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. God doesn't do the hard thing. He does the impossible thing. Verse 21. However, this kind does not go out except by what? Prayer? Ayunando. Fasting. Come on now. He says, this kind of stronghold, this kind of thing doesn't go out unless you intense prayer and fasting. Many of us are prayer and fasting, but I want you to begin to declare, God, break these mental strongholds in my mind. Shout amen. Now, share a little personal story here as I come to a close, but these mental strongholds will jump on you. In fact, some of the strongest strongholds, like I said, are not ones that you planned for, but they jumped on you. And I'm just going to share a very personal one with me. It happened when I was about 12 years old. And I'll never forget, I, I was in junior high, and I was a troubled young man. My dad had left mom, and mom had, you know, all five boys, and we were broke and poor, and we were struggling, Section 8 housing, and and I was angry. I was like, man, my dad left. I rebelled against authority, turned to drugs, was messing around, and, and just getting all kinds of trouble. And I'll never forget, there was a certain person. Got to be careful because some of y'all go look stuff up and be like, that stuff, get up. No, just come on. I mean, I forgave him already. Okay? But um, this certain person pulled me into the office, person of authority, person that was in charge. He says, you know, come here, young man. He says, you know what you're going to be all your life? He says, you're going to be a loser. He says, People like you, they never succeed. And you're always going to try stuff, but it's never going to happen. And all you're going to do is grow up to be someone on the corner, going to be all bitter at the world, but the truth is, you are not good enough. So he told me, crying as a, as a toy, oh, yeah. damage was done. And if I'm honest, this is just real talk that still messes with me to this day. But there'll be times I preach or I'm serving God and and that little voice just says, you'll never be good enough. It's not, they ain't, ain't nobody, ain't doing nothing important. Ain't nobody care. And it still comes. You, know, you won't succeed. It's just a matter of time. It, it just messes with me. That's real talk, guys. And this, like I said, it's caught. Like sometimes you're like, I'm not planning for that. You say, oh, Pastor Josiah, how do you overcome those things? I'm going to break it down in weeks to come, but let me give you one big point. It's in Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4. Here's what the scripture says. Let me show you this verse. You need to highlight this one. You need to remember this one. You need to write this one. You need to chew on this one every day. The Bible says this. He says, you will keep in what type of peace? What type of peace? Perfect peace. All who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed where? On you. It says, verse 4, trust in the Lord always. For the Lord God is what? The eternal rock. Oh, God, there it is. There it is. He says, you'll keep in perfect peace all whose trust is in you, and whose thoughts are fixed on you. You are my eternal rock. And here is how I overcame that mental stronghold, how I pulled it down. Stay with me here. This is what I said. I came to a realization that what he said, years when I was 12, I said, you know what? You were right about me. You're right. Josiah by himself, he'll always lose. But you forgot the equation. Some of you going to get it. You're right. I will always blow it. But it ain't just me. Because my mind is fixed on Jesus. You forgot the equation. That it's not just me, but it's Christ living inside of me. And through Christ, I can do all things that he will strengthen me.
me. And so my stronghold has to come down. I won't fail and I won't fall and I will succeed and I will live for God and I will be married to my wife till death do me part and I will live in freedom and I will raise children because it's not just your boy, it's God inside of my life. And I pull down the strongholds by the mighty power of Jesus Christ. Is there anybody up in this church who knows the power of God? You want to give them all the praise and all the glory and all the good. God, I thank you because my trust is in you. You are my rock. You are my foundation. And you have now replaced where there was hurt with healing, where there was loss by gain, where there was unforgiveness by forgiveness, where there was guilt by grace, where there was sin by a savior, where there was shame, there's now power, where there was emptiness, there's fullness, where I was not enough, now through Christ I'm more than enough. You ought to praise him for five seconds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, clap because God is breaking strongholds. Clap because God is breaking strongholds. Clap because 2020, you're getting your mind back. Clap because you're getting your mind back. Oh, God, I thank you. Married couples, men, women, young people, I'm getting my mind back. I'm not losing my mind. I'm finding my mind. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.